Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk to a different creative Mississippian. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with record store owner, David Swider. His store, The End of All Music, is based in Oxford, but now it just opened a second location in Jackson. So welcome, David. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. I know you've had you've had a really busy uh, couple of months. So tell us when the new store opened. Yeah, so uh, we actually opened on Friday, October 1st. So uh, very recently and um, the, uh, the Oxford store opened in 2012, so almost 10 years ago. Uh, so this is a kind of a nice uh, new way to segue into our 10th anniversary. Um, the store in Fondren uh, in Jackson is, is really beautiful and really happy uh, about it. And um, we just had a whole, our whole first weekend opened and um, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, lots of smiling faces, lots of old friends, new friends, um, you know, really great weekend in, in Jackson and uh, just uh, glad I was able to do this today. It has been kind of a crazy uh, couple of months for us getting the new shop open and running the shop in Oxford at the same time. Um, we're, we're kind of a skeleton crew like most small businesses these days, but um, we, we've been able to really uh, put in the work and, and I'm really, really happy with, with the way everything's turned out so far. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out of all the, the busyness to, to tell us about it, to tell us what's going on. And we're going to, I want to hear so much about both stores, but um, let's talk about, let's talk about you a little bit. Like, you know, I want to know how you got to being a record store owner. So did you grow up in Mississippi? I did. I'm from uh, Greenwood, Mississippi, the Delta. Um, I grew up there and I've been in Mississippi my whole life. Uh, like a lot of Mississippians my age, we, we all kind of think about leaving, uh, but, but I, I, I'm still here. And uh, I um, grew up in the Delta and I moved to Oxford in 2003 to attend Ole Miss, uh, University of Mississippi. And I graduated from Ole Miss in 2007. And um, I've been in Oxford ever since. Uh, so I'm coming up on, what is that? 20 years almost in Oxford. Uh, and uh, opened the record store in 2012. Um, but, you know, growing up in the Delta, uh, you have a lot of time to kill. And um, so me and my friends, a lot of times we, we would go to record stores, uh, whether that would be the, the few smaller kind of CD shops in Greenwood, or we would drive to Memphis to go to uh, Shangri-La Records, um, or Ghana Records, or Tower Records. Tower Records was like a huge part of my mm -hmm. growing up. Um, but even bigger than that, uh, we would go to Jackson to Bebop Records in uh, the Musiquarium, um, both of those places uh, easily changed my life and took all of my yard cut money. Um, and then Oxford, Oxford had Uncle Bucks, which, uh, you know, I, I think is one of the greatest record stores I've ever been in. Um, my sister came to Ole Miss in the mid 90s. And, and so I would save my money up and we would come to visit her 
uh, when I was a kid and, and go to Uncle Buck's and buy and buy CDs. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm from the CD generation uh, and vinyl uh, came kind of later for me, uh, more more kind of senior high school years through college. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of has always been a part of my life. Uh, I also am of the generation of comic books and baseball cards. Uh, so growing up, I was always kind of collecting things and, you know, vinyl kind of hits the sweet spot with both of those things with listening mm -hmm. to music and being a fan of music, but also kind of like the collectability side of it. Um, I try not to get too much into that. Uh, that's kind of a slippery slope for me with, <laughs> with like first presses and all, you know, all these different variants of records. I just kind of want the record, but there's certainly an element of that, um, that that's really attractive to me and, and kind of the nostalgia of it all, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the short version of it. Hey, you're speaking my language with those record stores. I grew up in Clinton, which is right outside of Jackson. So yeah. Bebop, Musiquarium, I mean, yeah. you know. Oh man, my, my mom, you know, yeah. my mom and I would go drive over to Jackson. She'd drive me and she would drop me off at Bebop on County Line Road. And she just knew <laughs> that I could be there for however long she needed to do anything. And, uh, and she'd give me $20 and, you know, I, I would just go in there and just pour over all the music and be interested in the posters on the wall and, and the music they had playing in the, on the stereo and the store and the clerks. I was just kind of soaking it all in. And, and it was like that with uncle bucks too. I, I, I would just, I mean, I would just beg mom and dad, like, I don't need to eat lunch. Just drop me off at uncle bucks mm. and I'll, I'll be there all afternoon. So those two places in particular, uh, were were huge influences on me growing up uh, as as i'm sure lots of other mississippians can say um and uh yeah i don't know i, I definitely wouldn't be talking to you right now had it not been for those record stores i uh i don't know what i would have done growing up without, <laughs> without those places in the little big store out in uh raymond yeah uh, and and also i lived in memphis for a long time and so shangri-la Goner. I live pretty close to Shangri-La, so uh, it was, it was yeah. kind of it's kind of my place, my favorite. They got a lot of my money. <laughs> yeah. I love them. It's a great record store. I it mean, really uh, those is. are you know, I, I when I was in college, uh, the record store that was in Oxford, Hot Dog Records, which was a great record store owned by a friend of mine, Zach, and uh, it closed in like 2006, which was kind of right in the middle of my college uh, career, and. Um, my undergrad years and and so we didn't really have a place to go for that um there was a little store in water valley mississippi called uh blue heaven that sold used records and that that was in a really amazing place um that was there for a few years uh that i, I we would kind of pilgrimage for but i spent a lot of time driving up shangri-la um and, and and buying whatever i could find that was on my list um but yeah that's awesome so I, I hate I never got to go to Uncle Buck's. Like I've heard such great things about it and Hot Dog Records. But um, so I'm curious, you know, growing up in, in the Delta, were you, was it always part of who you were, like the music of the Delta, was that always something you were interested in? Did it influence you as, you know, your taste, your culture? You mean like blues music or, yeah, or Delta yeah. blues and stuff? Um, you know, I... I I'm a kid of the 90s, so so I grew up with a lot of, of that kind of stuff, you know, Nirvana, Weezer, um, you know, stuff like that uh, that was on MTV. I'm an, I'm an MTV kid. I grew up, you know, watching MTV all the time. So it wasn't until probably I was like 16, 17, 18 when I got into 
um, some of the more living blues acts uh, that, that we would see at, at festivals around the Delta and at Greenwood had the balloon fest. So there would always be some acts that would play there, but mainly like RL Burnside and T model Ford. Um, I got to see junior Kimbrough a couple of times, uh, before he passed away, but, uh, certainly those guys and Bobby Rush, uh, you know, kind of the old, old guard blues guys that now at, at, when I was growing up, they were still, you know, touring a lot. And, and so, you would, you could, you could easily catch them. So th those records, certainly like the early Fat Possum records that Junior and RL and T Model did, were very influential to me. And I bought, I think I bought probably all of those CDs at Uncle Buck's. Um, oh, that's awesome! And just, and just wore them out, you know. Um, yeah. That's it. so. You know, those Junior Kimbrough and all those guys are so. They're such a big part of you know just our state and. You know, mm -hmm. more so in at the Arts Commission, my my folk colleague Maria, who's over um, the folk life. I mean, I feel like you know, there's so many people in that legacy that are still you know still making the music, still doing it. The the picnics, the, yeah. the family's still going. But well, um, I just saw Robert Finley open for the Black Keys here in Oxford, and uh, he was amazing. I mean, he and he's yeah. got a new record out, and uh, you know, he he was just as good as the Black Keys, if not better. You know, and. Uh, so, so yeah, certainly. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so cool. It's so cool. That that's part of our fabric here. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit about, you know, with the Black Keys, their latest album is so influenced by, mm -hmm. by that music. And, um, you know, specifically, I believe the Hill Country Blues, but, right. um, you know, I think it's so interesting because there's so many people who might be huge Black Keys fans that have no idea that they're listening to this right. music that wouldn't exist without these guys right. in Mississippi. Yeah, well, I think the Black Keys would be the first people to tell you that that record oh, is 100% yeah. North Mississippi Hill Country and that their whole career is the backbone of that music is, mm. is Hill Country Blues. Um, and I think kind of one of the main part, one of the main reasons they made that record was to introduce a lot of their their newer fans and, and some of their you know, fans that have been around for the big hit records to, mm -hmm. to, hey, this is where we come from. You know, we might be from Ohio, from Akron, Ohio, but but this is the kind of music that that we wanted to always make. Um, and so it was a tremendous nod to North Mississippi Hill Country Blues. Um, and, you know, it was really nice to see all those songwriting credits on the back of that album for, for RL and Junior and Fred McDowell. And um, so certainly uh, I, I commend them for, for you know, helping helping continue the legacy of those guys and and putting us on the map for some from people who we otherwise hadn't really uh, you know thought people hadn't thought about. Um, so it was great when they played they played it just played in Oxford at the Lyric. It was a great yeah. show and tons of 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 Black Keys fans came to town for it and came to the record store and oh, bought wow. blues records and and were asking us all about who Junior Kimbrough is and who R.L. Burnside is and. Uh, so it, it's, oh, it's fun to be advocates for that kind of music, you know, um, yeah. and all you got to do is put the record on and let it play and people understand, it, you know, uh, mm. so yeah. It's really exciting and there's like a whole new generation of, you know. Yeah, of, hopefully, of, yeah, of listeners. that's the plan, I think, um, right, yeah. And I feel like I, I saw so many pictures, you know, just through social media and stuff of actually, you know, doing shows in the Delta, recordings in the Delta, videos, whatever it was, so. yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really exciting. Um, man, that's awesome. 
So I, while we're talking about, you know, Junior Kimbrough, tell us a little bit about his influence with the, the name of the shops. Yeah, well, so uh, we get our name from Junior's uh, tombstone, which uh, the, the gravestone for Junior's marker uh, says, it's a, it's a quote by a rockabilly, um, a legendary rockabilly artist named Charlie Feathers, but he, he's quoted as saying Junior Kimbrough is the beginning and end of all music. And so that's where the name of the store comes from. Um, and it's a pretty subtle nod. Most, you know, most people don't know what Junior Kimbrough's gravestone says. Uh, and um, yeah, I think, you know, we've really kind of embraced the name and, and I, I think our store is centered in, in such a part of the state where it should really be all about Hill Country Blues music. Mm-hmm. Um, so we certainly, uh, go deep on stocking that stuff and and um, the the a lot of the decorations in the store and posters in the store are all kind of Mississippi Hill Country Blues uh, type related thing artifacts and stuff like that and and then the music I mean I think like all music it kind of starts in Mississippi and uh, and you know like we were just talking about the Black Keys there would definitely be no Black Keys had there not been Hill Country Blues um, and uh, so yeah, that's kind of just a little homage uh, from you know from us to to those guys for making um, such like long-lasting great records. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at five. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today, I'm talking with David Swider about the End of All Music, a record store that now has two locations, Oxford and Jackson. So um, let's go back to the beginning of the store a little bit. So what made you decide, I'm going to open a record store in Oxford? Yeah, well, I mean, the simple answer is is that there wasn't one here, and and I was kind of, I was having to drive to Memphis and Jackson and, and wherever to go to record stores, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, at the time Bebop Records was still open, um, and uh, I was living with um, Patrick Addison, who is the label manager of that Possum Records, who's also my partner in the Jackson store. Um, he and I uh, opened it together, but I was living, I lived with him for about seven years in college and after college. And uh, I was always complaining about it. Like, ah, there's no record stores, you know? And he was the one that was like, why don't you open one? And uh, I had never thought about it. And um, I was working at Square Books at the time, the, the really great independent bookstore here in Oxford. Uh, and 
was kind of anxious to start selling music because I, I I knew how to sell books and I was good at it. And uh, so so Patrick kind of planted the seed and he introduced me to uh, this guy, Bruce Watson, who um, now lives in Memphis, but uh, is uh, the general manager at Bat Possum Records. And Bruce had kind of the itch to open a record store as well. So he and I teamed up and uh, and, and opened the store in, in 2012. And then I bought Bruce's share out, uh, I guess probably in like 2014, 2015, um, and became the sole owner uh, and have been running it ever since. So yeah, we opened um, on North Lamar in like a little tiny metal building. And we were there for like six years. Uh, and it was very much a destination type record store. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, we had no foot traffic very little car traffic. Uh, so the people that were coming there um, were, were record buyers and, and we quickly kind of gained a, a good reputation of having the good stuff. And uh, so people would kind of travel from all over to come to the record store and we had tons of great events um, and it was great. And then the opportunity came for us to move to the square downtown uh, in Oxford. And um, it all just seemed right to me at the time and, and uh, the, the space was perfect, so we so we made the move. Uh, I guess that was in like January of 2018. So uh, we've been there, been here in this spot for a while now, and uh, and it's all good. I, I you know I can't complain. Um, the, the the I was right that Oxford needed a record store, and that Oxford was the kind of place that uh, that could support a record store. And um, the the folks in town and our customers online, and I mean it's just been unbelievable the, the amount of support we've, we've seen through the years especially during the pandemic um you know we're, we're still here and uh, uh it really is humbling um to see a, a, a city and uh, you know and a whole region really kind of be be gung-ho about what you're doing um yeah well i gotta tell you 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 talk about driving to jackson driving to memphis to go to record stores I lived in Memphis for a long time until right before the pandemic. And I knew lots of people who drove to Oxford to go to your yeah. store. So right. very exciting. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of great customers in Memphis. I've, I've made longtime friends with, with people. Uh, Jeff that runs the Stacks Museum, he always comes in and, and buys records. And that's awesome. I mean, it's just like, you name it. Uh, it even the Goner and the Shangri-La guys, they're, they're big supporters of our store as well. And um, it, it's, it's all, all good. I mean, it's, my whole philosophy is that you're not really in competition with other independent record stores because the more people buying records is a good thing. And, uh, you know, people that buy records, they go to all the record stores. Uh, true. And, you know, you, you go where the records are. And, and so, uh, so that, you know, it's always been a really great camaraderie with all those guys in Memphis. And, um, and yeah, and I don't see that going anywhere. And now we even, uh, we're really good buddies with uh, WYXR, the great radio station there too. Uh, oh, very Jared, cool. Yeah, Jared Boyd is a, is a, I met him from when he was an undergrad at Ole Miss. He used to come in the, uh, the store in Oxford all the time and we became record buddies and now he's running a record station. So uh, it's, it's really a radio station. It's really amazing. You know, the way that you said that about how, you know, if you have people, if you have customers that go to independent books, the independent record stores, it helps all independent record stores. That's also how I really view the arts, like patrons of the arts, like, you yeah, know, definitely. yeah, whether it's theater or ballet or music or whatever it is, it's not, you know, let's get all the audience members. It's let's make more audience members because yeah. if someone loves the art, they're going to, they're going to keep going back just well, like with and, records. 
and it's like in the arts i think with independent bookstores and independent record stores it's not about the money i'm in the wrong business if i wanted to make a lot of money you know it's about keeping the money in our community and and getting as many people to listen to good music and find the records they're looking for and to be able to come into a very welcoming space and it's all about that kind of stuff sure it's about sticking it to amazon because we hate amazon but it's 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 you know it's more about being part of the community and and making sure we we make mississippi as best as we can and um and make people want to live here uh and and have that place i mean we're right across the square from square books and i mean i can't think about a better one two punch than having square books and end of all music and within a block from each other uh you know that's really something and i'm really really proud of that i mean i could spend all of my money in those two places <laughs> just, give me right. all, just take all my money right. um, and then you know then you can go see a show at the lyric and get some great food yeah. in the square but and the thing is i'll yeah. be there at the lyric right next to you buying a ticket and drinking beers and you know so all the money just stays right within our little area it's really kind of special you know I, I was reading a little bit about how you know not only do you really support um mississippi music but also everything that went into building the store was very yes. Mississippi. How, tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, you know, when we were talking about opening not only the Oxford store, but more recently the Jackson, the Fondren shop, um, you know, we had originally talked about opening a shop elsewhere uh, in another state, another city. We, we even flew as far as New York City to look at a spot in Manhattan. And um, mm you know, the more and more we kind of kicked it around, the idea around opening another shop, it was like, man, let's just keep it in Mississippi. Um, we we have the customer base here, we have the support here, people know who we are. Um, and so it, once we kind of settled on that, it seemed like a no brainer. And then the next step to that is like, well, if we're doing it in Mississippi, we gotta, we gotta rep Mississippi. And so, you know, everything from the electricians we've used, I mean, obviously they're all live in Jackson, but, all the art on the wall is is from Mississippi artists. Uh, you know, we, I mean, the name of the store is after a Mississippi artist. Uh, and then all like, all the t-shirts are made in Mississippi and in Jackson. And uh, so it was just like really kind of, um, it was cool to be able to say, well, if we're going to open the store, you know, the record bins are going to be made by a wood a woodworker in Mississippi, and they're sign hanging on the building is going to be hand painted by an artist in Mississippi and um and so we've got a list of all those people on our website it's just uh, the end of all music.com but you can kind of see uh all the different different companies and and artists and folks that we use to help us get open um yeah that's cool. uh, yes yeah, so, yeah we're excited um, I also saw that you have the music aquarium sign is that right yeah we did. Um, uh, we kind of put out some feelers on social media that was like, hey, if anybody has any of this old kind of Jackson memorabilia, we would love to have a home for it. And um, I hope I don't get his name right. David McCarty or David McClarty uh, came by with it um, while we were in the in the Fondren shop working on it. And it just blew our minds. I was like, I can't believe you have this. And uh, and so it's uh, it's hanging up in there now. You can go by and see it. Oh, that's incredible. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about the new store. It's just, where is it? What's, what's yeah. it like? Well, it's, uh, it's in Fondren, right in the center of Fondren, pretty much. It's uh, 3011 North State Street is the address. Um, we're right next door to Barrel House, 
which is a kind of a bar restaurant and Campbell's Bakery, which is one of the oldest bakeries in Jackson. Um, you know, I am not from Jackson, but my partner, Patrick, who's the label manager of Fast Awesome, he's born and raised there. And uh, so he knows tons of people in Oxford has fan his mom and dad still live in Jackson. Uh, I'm in Jackson. Um, and, uh, so he, he was very excited when we found the space in Fondren and it, it was kind of one of those moments where we walked in and it was like, okay, this is it. You know, it was like, I don't even have to think about this. The space is beautiful. Um, it's got this great facade. Um, our sign looks beautiful on it. It's right where dueling runs into state street. So the location is really primo. Um, and, it's just a great area of town. There's lots of foot traffic that, you know, I, I really think it's kind of the arts hub of Jackson. And um, we're like really lucky to be kind of smack dab in the middle of it. Um, and I, I think it's, I think the neighborhood has so much more potential with a lot of new stuff that's going on there. Um, so I think it's just gonna get better and better. Uh, and uh, it's already great. So, so I think it's, you know, you can really come to Fondren and do just about anything you want. You know, go to a bar, go to get a good meal, watch a football game, go to the record store, you know, go shopping. Um, it, it's kind of got it all. Uh, and uh, it's just a beautiful part of the city. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that area. It, it is kind of like the equivalent of being on the square in Oxford. Yeah. It's great. You know, Jackson and that's what spot. it made, you know, that's what I tell Patrick, uh, my partner. It's like, man, if you put the end of all music Oxford and the end of all music Jackson together, you have the greatest record store in the country, you know? Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of the way we look at it. They're, yeah, they're, they're very thing. much one, one big thing, you know, you just have to drive a little to get to both of them. And you can also drive from Square Books to Lemuria on the same trip and just, you know, yeah. cover all yeah, Exactly. Of uh, I stopped in Lemuria on my way out of town, uh, opening the store this this past weekend and bought and bought some books so yeah awesome bookstore oh so good love it um i also read something about a browser beer yeah about that. that was uh <laughs> that was our uh little harebrained scheme to to be able to drink beers on the job no i'm kidding <laughs> uh no um you know fondren has a uh, some some very welcoming beer laws for for businesses um and they make it uh, they make it attainable to be able to sell beer. And once I found out about that, that's something I've been wanting to do in Oxford since we opened. It's like, why can't we ha have beers, you know? Because beers go very well with a lot of things, but in particular, they go well with, with records and listening to records. So uh, yeah, I just had the idea, like it'd be great to have, to be browsing and be able to drink a beer. And then it was like, oh, browser beers, you know? So we took that idea and ran with it. And um we installed cup holders in all the racks. So when you're, when you're flipping, you can set your beer down and uh, we, we get, if you buy a beer, we give away a free koozie that says browser beer and it says, thanks for sipping and flipping. So we, we kind of really took the idea and ran with it. And uh, it's been really fun. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we get to stock a bunch of really great beers. We just got the Wiseacre beer in from uh, Memphis. Uh, we sell Yazoo. Um, we're looking forward to working with Fertile Ground and Jackson once they get up and running um you know there's a lot we have tons of ideas with that for that as well uh so yeah it's that's been really fun and i mean who doesn't like the cold beer like while you're you know flipping through records flipping and sipping that's so yeah. awesome yeah flipping and sipping <laughs>
This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I'm speaking with record store owner, David Swider. So David uh, is actually at the end of all music right now, and we're uh, talking about the music and the store and everything. And so tell us about a record that you actually created through the end of all music. Yeah, so we, um, in February of this year, we released a record we call Hospitality State of Mind. Um, And on the hype sticker, which is like the sticker on the front of their album, it says the end of all music presents a collection of blues and gospel songs recorded by George Mitchell. And um, so what we did is uh, we went through the George Mitchell collection, which is uh, a very large, a really large collection of of recordings that George Mitchell made in the mid 60s throughout the 80s. And George was kind of the Alan Lomax type figure of North Mississippi. He just traveled all around with his recorder and his his camera and he photographed and recorded who now we consider some of the greatest bluesmen of all time. So that would be Arl Burnside and um, you know Joe Calicoat and Fred McDowell and Furry Lewis and like all of these people. Um, so George's George's recordings are very, very important to our state and to our, our region in particular. And so what we did is um, we just kind of went through all the recordings and picked our favorites and uh, licensed all of it from Fat Possum Records who owns uh, the recordings. And uh, we got a whole new packaging together for it. Um, uh, my friend uh, who is a Jackson native, uh, or I guess I should say a Madison native, uh, Josh Burwell, he did the artwork for it. Um, ben DePriest who works here at the store in Oxford, he just got his PhD in musicology from the University of Pennsylvania. He wrote the liner notes for it. And then we kind of all collectively picked picked the songs. Um, and they feature uh, Otha Turner from, from Como, Mississippi, uh, Mississippi Joe Calico from Nesbitt. Um, we got Robert Nighthawk from Dundee, Mississippi, Furry Lewis from Memphis. Um, lots of really great artists. And we kind of like to tell people that this is a really chill record, a good way to get into this type of blues music. It's, without it being kind of an academic thing. Um, a, a lot of blues records can come off as a little academic, a little Smithsonian folk crazy. Um, we wanted this to be a record that you can play and flip and over and over again. And um, and I think we really, we really crushed it with it. We're, uh, we're already considering doing a volume two um, sometime next year uh, because this one's kind of gone over so well. Um, it's the kind of record where somebody walks into the store and they're like, what can we get we can't get anywhere else? And what sounds like this that doesn't sound like anything else around? But we just grab this record hand to them. They're like, this is an easy 20 bucks. Um, and we have it in stock uh, at both the Jackson store and the Oxford store. Um, it's a beautiful record. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, yeah, 
give, give a spin. Um, hospitality state, right? Those hospitality state of mind. Hospitality, hospitality state of mind. Perfect. Yes. Perfect yeah. Mississippi music title. Yes. So you mentioned working with Fat Possum a little bit, and you've, yeah. you've mentioned that a few times. So tell us about your relationship with the end of all music's relationship with Fat Possum. Yeah, well, first and foremost, like I said, uh, I used to live with Patrick Addison, who's now the labor manager there, uh, label manager there. And Patrick started working there as a, a warehouse stalker back when we were living together and when I was still working at Square Books. And he's been there, God, 15 years now, I guess. And that's the main connection is just that he and I are best friends. And, uh, and, and so we're kind of always talking shop. Um, and then Bruce Watson, who helped me open the store in 2012, he also worked at Fat Possum. Uh, but those are kind of like, those are kind of like more like uh, buddies where I'm buddies with them. And, um, and, and because of our proximity to them, they're based here in Oxford. Uh, their warehouse is about a mile from my store. So based on the proximity, we're kind of an unofficial record store for them. And I mean that in that we stock all their stuff. So if you if you come to Oxford and you want to buy some Fat Possum stuff, you come here. They don't have a they don't have a storefront. Um, and so uh, we we go deep with their catalog. And and a lot of the early catalog is blues stuff, mainly Junior Kimbrough, RL Burnside, T Model Ford, stuff like that, which are records we obviously have already talked about on the show that mean a lot to me and the store and our customers so uh so yeah we're big champions of the label and uh and and like to kind of shout it from the rooftop that they're doing they're doing the good stuff but uh but you know that's that's about as far as it goes um and uh and certainly we've done projects like this mississippi state of mind hospitality uh blues record um and uh, not Mississippi State of Mind, Hospitality State of Mind. I got it wrong that time. Uh, but they're they're really open to working with independent record stores. I encourage any independent record stores that are listening to this to hit up Pat Possum. They're a great company to work with and uh, great prices on records. They got stuff in stock, which is a lot of labels don't right now. Um, and if you don't have Junior Kimbrough in your racks and you're on a record store, you need to get some. So if somebody came into the store, we know you would tell them to, to check out Hospitality State of Mind. Are there any other Fat Possum picks that you're like, you got to check this out? Well, there's a great um, Junior Kimbrough compilation of, of greatest hits uh, called You Better Run, The Essential Junior Kimbrough. I mean, that is as good as it gets. Um, there's an R.L. Burnside record called Mississippi Hill Country Blues that's an early recording of him playing acoustic blues. Um, that's also really good. I really love the two T model Ford records, uh, Pee Wee, get get your get my gun and Bad Man. Those are great. Those those all of those records are very good examples of Hill Country Blues and kind of how it's different from the Delta. It's raunchier and it's mm -hmm. a little more um, it, it's a little more droney. It almost is like it can hypnotize you uh, mm -hmm. in a way that's kind of interesting that I, that I think a lot of blues doesn't do. Um, but I mean. You can almost close your eyes and pick a junior record or an RL record, and they're, you're going to take it. Um, they're they're all really good, uh, and we certainly, if you come into either one of our stores, we'll talk your head off about them. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. The difference between, um, you know, what sets the the Hill Country Blues apart, because if you haven't heard it, right, you don't you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Uh, it's a little louder. Um, can be a little sloppier in some ways. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, it's party music. 
you know, it's, it's, um, it's more about having a good time and in spite of having a bad, you know, having a bad day or whatever. Um, and, uh, I think anybody can relate to it. I mean, I think anybody can relate to the blues in general, but, but I think once you hear kind of like a driving guitar, North Mississippi Hill Country guitar song, it, it, it definitely sounds unique and doesn't sound like any other type of blues music. Um, I mean, so much so that I wanted to name my record store after it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. That's awesome. It definitely kind of gets in your bones, you know, when you yeah, listen to it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's awesome. It goes well with a browser beer. <laughs> browser browser beer on beer in Hill Country Blues. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a, great, a great way to spend a Saturday for sure. Um, so, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what it looked like during the pandemic with for the record store, how did mm-hmm. how did the last year and a half affect or not affect yeah. the work? It was nuts. Um, I mean, I think any small business owner will tell you uh, it was a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I mean, we didn't even know if we were going to make it. You know, when when the pandemic hit, we were like, "Well, that's it. We're going to have to close." And certainly, the Jackson store was put on the back burner, um, and because uh, we had been discussing opening it for about a year before the pandemic hit. Uh, and so, you know, we had to kind of slam the brakes on everything and reassess and uh, pivot to online um, sales. And, you know, every week that would go by, it would be like, all right, it's not so bad. We're hanging in there where, you know, people are buying records. And uh, we came up with all kinds of silly ideas on how to get people records, whether it was local delivery or um, we, we, we're on a second floor in Oxford and we have a balcony and uh, we created what we call the dumb waiter. And it was simply a record crate. Yeah. It was simply a record crate tied to a rope and people would buy records over the phone and they come by and we'd put them in the bucket and lower it down to the street level. So they didn't have to come upstairs and we didn't have to, you know, be really, we could social distance and all that kind of stuff. And people just loved it. I mean, we were on CNN for that, which was really hilarious. Oh, that's so Um, cool. Yeah. Anderson Cooper, like, featured a little thing about it you know just how businesses are 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 doing unique unique things during the pandemic so we tried to have as much fun with it as we could we made all these hilarious videos for social media um kieran who was actually in bonus the the song you heard earlier uh he he made all the videos for us he's got like a knack for that he's hilarious so um we we tried to have as much fun while everything else around us seemed to just be gnarly and and kind of lost and crumbling and uh so we were I I think we were kind of a beacon light for a lot of people during the pandemic not because we were making people laugh and stuff but they could buy records here and they you know what better thing to do sitting at home all day than to like get some music to listen to and disconnect from the internet and have this analog experience where you've bought a new record that has this beautiful cover and you can drop the needle on it. And it, it just really kind of helped wash away all the anxiety of, of the pandemic. Um, I certainly listened to more music than I ever have. And I own the record store, you know, it was just really a bomb for the times. And, uh, and we were here to provide that. And, and for whatever reason it worked and we're, we're, we're still here. And we kind of came out on the other end of it thinking, all right, well, if we can make it through a pandemic, let's get this Jackson store open, you know, and, and let's keep, you know, let's keep going. And, uh, and so that's kind of where we are. And, uh, you know, we get, we, we shipped 
to all 50 states during the pandemic. So I don't know what we were doing right, but we resonated with with people somehow. And uh, I, I'm just so grateful for it. it. It was really, really amazing. It was a really interesting, weird time for me personally. And uh, also at the same time, it was really exciting. Tons of great records came out. Uh, tons of new music, tons of reissues. So every day we were getting in new stuff, new stock. And I was excited as a listener, as a record buyer myself. So I knew I could pass that kind of on to our customers. Like, well, if, if he's excited about this, then, you know, maybe there's some good stuff going on out there. And, uh, and I certainly think we'll look back on this time 10, 15, 20 years from now and look at all the great art that was made. Um, and we're just lucky we were able to kind of facilitate some of it and get it into the right hands. Uh, but yeah, man, it was a it was a weird time. Still is a weird yeah. time. We're still, you know, we yeah. the mask mandate in Oxford just got lifted this week. We're still requiring masks in our store. Uh, nobody really knows what to do. Still, uh, you know, we're just gonna hang in there until the CDC kind of says, "Yeah, you go back to normal," which might not ever happen. So we're we're we pivoted once, we pivoted twice, we can do it again. Um, but yeah, you know, I I love hearing about how art got people through like any tough time but specifically you know yes. right now we're in this oh moment. man yeah you know I mean, what in the world would we have done the past year and I, a half I, I don't know uh, you know and I contemplated that a lot like if I didn't have books and music and you know sculptures out in the middle of the field in the in the parks here in Oxford to go look at uh man it would have been bad it would have been real bad and and for so many people too that picked up new ways of being an artist and having an outlet uh you know i just i, I talked to so many people that got into painting or or finally recorded a record that they've been working on or you know or started writing poetry or you know all that kind of stuff and so there, there'll be a lot of good that comes out of this i just you know we just got to get through it was there any particular whether it be a book or you know an album or whatever but was there any particular piece of art that kind of helped you personally get through yeah definitely the, the first thing that pops in my head um is uh this record by Pharaoh Sanders uh, the jazz jazz saxophone player he made a record with this electronic artist that goes by floating points um mm -hmm. and it was uh, the title of the record's promises and it's this kind of long and it's it, they recorded it with the London Philharmonic um, and it's just an absolutely beautiful record and it's a kind of kind of a long form piece of instrumental music with uh with Sarah playing saxophone uh, with Pharaoh playing saxophone it was released on the Luakabop label which is a record label that David Byrne from the Talking Heads founded um, it is a beautiful record uh, and I probably played it more during the pandemic than any other album um, we started a little section on our online shop called the isolation zone during the pandemic. And we, we filled that section up with records that were kind of meant for a meditative type state and a kind of like ambient music, new age music stuff to kind of get you in a better headspace. And this record was always at the top of that list. Um, it's unfortunately out of print right now, but it's coming back into print in November. So we'll have copies of it in November and, uh, and, if you're into anything like that, if you're into jazz, if you're into electronic, if you're into classical, if you're into just chilling and not thinking about anything, uh, this record is for you. I, I highly recommend it. I feel like I have this whole library of albums to check out after this conversation. So thank you. <laughs> hey, Very, exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Very um, exciting. 
you know, it's something I've been thinking about. I, I love vinyl. I love listening to actual records and we're almost out of time. So before we, before we say goodbye, I want to like, just hear your thoughts on why vinyl, why listen to music in that format? Yeah. Well, I think it, God, that's such a loaded question for somebody that owns a record store. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, well, the, the basic thing is it, it's analog. And if, if you have a good stereo and you have a good turntable, and I'm talking about a nice turntable with a good needle on it, not one of these like little uh, suitcase ones, you know, a good turntable um, and a good re clean record, that will sound better than anything else you're going to listen to. Uh, and just trust me on that, it will. But the other thing is, is, um, you you're owning your music you know i mean look at itunes it went away overnight and think about all those mp3s that people bought that were lost and that's going to happen again streaming is going to get really expensive or it's going to change in some way it's going to go away but records won't you know i always use this like really cheesy analogy where it's like if you bring a date home and you're like hey you want to listen to some music check out my spotify playlist and it's like that is not cool but if you bring them home and you're like hey pick a record out and, and we'll put it on the turntable you know you might be getting somewhere and uh i, I really I, I think that analogy really holds holds true that's awesome and what better place to bring a date than a record store thanks for listening to this mpb think radio podcast mpb depends on support from listeners so if you can Please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. 